God will not put up with man forever. He will bring to close as he did from the very beginning. Scripture declares the Lord was grieved in the days of Lot, the days of Noah, that he would not put up with man's ignorance and ignoring him forever. The limit was put on the wickedness of man and judgment came. God has always put obstacles in the path of mankind to point him and give him opportunity to come back to himself. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Matthew chapter 24 and Genesis chapter 6. We're going to continue a journey we started last week that is very disconcerting for many people. It's about the end times. Last week I brought out some very disturbing facts and articles. And this week's will be no different. We're going to look at several different things that, uh, that I believe that we need to address to help us understand the day and the hour that we live in. We're going to have some video clips. Uh, as long as we can get them all working, we're, you know, we've got a program that we're trying to work through. And we got some newspaper headlines, newspaper articles and stuff. And what I encourage you, as I do every single Sunday, in your bulletins, you have a, a uh, section of notes. How many have your notes? Lift them up. Okay, I don't ever want anybody to take my word for this stuff. I give you my sermon notes as much as I can. Uh, just so you can see, these are my sermon notes for today. There's about 16 pages. You get three pages. I have to dissect all of these down, so don't get nervous if you think 16 pages. How does he do that in 30 minutes every week? I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it scripturally. I want you to take facts for it as you research. Because, folks, nobody is going to get to heaven because they go to victorious life. Nobody's going to get to heaven because they call themselves a Christian. The Bible says that God searches the heart to see who we are. How many have people that they know that they say one thing, but when you walk around them, they're doing something completely different? Christian is as Christian does. And so, last week we talked about the days of Lot. This week I want to go a step further and talk about the days of Noah. And there's going to be a lot of, a lot of uh, bleeding over the two times because it are the two examples in Scripture that Jesus used, the only two examples in Scripture that Jesus used that says, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Last week I irritated somebody because I spent time talking about homosexuality. And they decided they don't want to come to church anymore because they're okay with that. Folks, I love the people. They're sinners just like anybody else. But their lifestyle is not scriptural. It's not validated biblically. And uh, I will be talking about it again today along with a multitude of other things. Why? Because you and I will be in the strategic plan of Satan in these last days lulled into a sense of thinking that's what's happening in life is just fine. 
You got quiet already and I haven't even started preaching. Adam, what do I do? Matthew chapter 24. When the Son of Man returns, it will be just like Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets, parties, weddings, right up to the time that Noah entered the lot, uh, entered the, the boat. People didn't realize what was going on until the flood came and swept them away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Now listen to me. Noah, the Bible says, preached for 120 years. Preached repentance, truth, righteousness, holiness for 120 years. And listen what it says. The people still didn't realize what was happening until the flood came. Genesis chapter 6, starting with the first verse, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were very beautiful, and they married any of them as they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not always contend with humans forever. They are mortal, and their days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were also on the earth in those days. Now listen, I want you to underline this in your notes. And also afterwards. The Nephilim were on the earth in the days before the flood and also after the flood. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans, they began to have children with them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how the greatness, how uh, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of humankind was and become on the earth. That every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth, and His heart was deeply troubled. And so the Lord said, I will wipe them from the face of the earth, the entire human race that I've created, and with them, animals, birds, creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. So let me put a little precursor in here. In this study, we have to understand that God's word is not subject to man. Man is subject to God's Word. We need to look at what the Scripture says, not what man thinks. Here recently, Jesus has been under attack. Is anybody shocked? So prevalently and blatantly, it's now sweeping the community that Jesus was most likely more a hermaphrodite than he is male of gender. Look at this, the uh, slide. Hopefully I can get it up there. Is it up there? This is out of Christian Post. Feminist theologian claims we can't be sure that Jesus was male. Now, this is uh, a long time ago, March 16, 2012. It is sweeping the country... This is why they are neutering Bibles. This is why they are taking Scripture and degendering them, degenderizing, or whatever term you want to use. Says it claiming that Jesus may have been a hermaphrodite. Dr. Susan Cronwall, a professor of Manchester University's Lincoln Theology Institute, wrote in a recent paper that the idea that Jesus Jesus was male is simply a best guess. What's happening in society today, worldwide, not just America, but worldwide, the enemy is trying to desensitize mankind. That all things, as we touched on last week, that all things that are happening are normal. That this is just what life is. That homosexuality is a chance, not a choice. Well, biblically, it's a choice, not a chance. Jesus, from the very beginning, is referred to as son, as male, as uh, male in the gender relation. But now society is starting to, 
as we get into other headlines here coming up, you're going to see that it's not just in this area, it's in a host of areas. Why? To desensitize us, because after all, who's it hurting? Ultimately, everybody, but eternally, those people, and eternally, God, because 1 Peter 3 says, he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. What was it like in the days of Noah in your notes? Last week, we looked at the days of Lot to see how people were living their lives. This week, we're looking at the days of Noah that we might see the comparisons of the two times. And as I stated last week, they were also the only two times in all of creation that God annihilated a human race. An entire population of people was in the flood and the days of Lot. And annihilated five different cities. And as you do a, I don't care how stringent word study you do, both of them was for the exact same reason. Sexual perversion, immorality, and very specifically, homosexuality. Say, Pastor, are you against homosexuals? Not at all. Not at all. Pastor, what happens if they start coming into our church? We're going to love them just like we love any of you. Well, I'm not going to sit next to them. Well, then we need to pray for your salvation. Because the reality is they're sinners just like anybody else. Are you with me? And I don't know about you. I was a messed up guy before I got saved. I know some of you that know me might say you're still a little messed up, but we're good. Okay? We're all sinners, the Bible says. There is none righteous, no, not one. So for us to categorically put one worse than the other is our finite mind, not God's infinite concept. So let's go back and let's look at all of this. God's first judgment sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. Why? Because of their rebellion. We find it in Genesis 3. But it was here, and this is what I want to build from, according to Genesis 4, that the selfish work of Satan set to destroy all of creation. The days of Noah, the days of Lot, were symbolized by continual, blatant, sinful, selfish, uh, sensual acts of people on the earth. Not just doing, but conceiving and planning and preparing and receiving any and all things that they wanted. In your bulletin is a little handout that has a bunch of other things on it. Uh, is it in there? It's just a single page? Yeah, okay. Just some things you can look at that gives an understanding. Here's the days of Noah. Here's what's going on. This is the world that we live in, the situations that we live in. A phrase attached to the days of Noah is the same phrase that was attached to the days of Lot. Eat, drink, and be merry. Do your thing and do whatever. It doesn't really matter because, after all, I'm in control of my own life, my own destiny, my own eternity. But let me make a statement that's in your notes. When man is motivated more by effect and less by cause, the end is very near. When selfish and sensual gratification becomes the norm, we can expect God's judgment not to follow far behind. Noah and Lot's generation were so corrupt, so narcissistic, that no one took serious the warnings of God's impending judgment until it was absolutely too late. They were all doing their own thing. So let's bring this up several thousand years. How many think it's a little bit like that today? Just kind of doing your own thing, ignoring the warnings, ignoring the things that are going on. Next week, I'm going to do a series in this, or continue this series on the signs of the times, the things that are actually happening. We're going to show uh, clips, if we're able to, in the video and different things of some of the most interesting sounds that are transpiring around the world. Some of the most interesting, horrific events that are happening around the world that have never happened since the beginning, since these judgments that are coming on the earth. You see, the Bible says that in that generation, even their very spirituality became corrupt. The Bible tells us that those 
that confessed godliness were doing what God told them not to do according to their own desires. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says in the last days, these people will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. Let's go back to our scripture in Genesis. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on the earth, how it had become, and that the very inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time, and the Lord was grieved. Another translation said God regretted that he even created man in the first place. Literally what the passages are talking about, all self-restraint was completely laid aside. What they wanted, they pursued. The order of the hour was selfish gratification. 1 Peter chapter 4 has some very interesting things about it because as we've shared in this series, the Bible in the Old Testament was written to the house of Israel. The New Testament was written to the church. So when God's talking about things that are happening in this world, He's not talking about China. He's not talking about America. He's not talking about, you know, other countries. He's talking about what's happening in the world pertaining to the church. First Peter says some very interesting words as you look at the fourth chapter. It says these words, if judgment, it's not in your notes, so you just have to write it down. If judgment starts in the house of God, and the righteous are scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner be? Let me expound. How are we saved? By grace. Is it something of ourselves? No. It's a gift of God. We can't say that we've done this. We can't say that we've done that. There's lots of religions in the world that their salvation comes according to their works. Well, the Bible says that our salvation comes because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. Nothing more, nothing less. And that is how we are saved. And I don't know about you, but I'm one step away from being a horrific person. Don't look at me like that. You are too. And I'm the preacher. I've shared it before, but Billy Graham and his, I think he was 25 years in the ministry, was, was quoted in, and I think it was Time Magazine or one of the magazines, they were doing a thing on him and his ministry and all the great things, and they asked, tell us about your salvation, and Billy Graham says, well, you know, I didn't feel anything. I know people have all these experiences. I didn't feel a thing. How many got saved and didn't feel a thing besides me? He said, I don't feel a thing. He said, I simply made a decision. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we won't walk by sight, but by faith. This is our salvation. But God expects us to live that salvation. Billy Graham went on to say, but let me tell you something. There's not a single man or woman of God they given the right place, the right time, the right situation, the right circumstance, and they knew they'd never get caught. That wouldn't work out their most vilest fantasy. Do you know why? That's the human nature we deal with. That's the sin nature that we deal with. Judgment starts in the house of God. God says, are we living for him? And then it goes on and says two very profound separations. Where will the ungodly and the sinner be. Well, the ungodly is talking about those inside the church. And the sinner are those outside the church. How many are doing okay so far? We've got three people said amen. This could be a long morning. The Bible says they were all going about their lives, not concerned in the least of the flood, the pending judgment. Noah continuously warned they continuously ignored, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. How many have co-workers, friends, relatives you've witnessed and witnessed and witnessed and witnessed to, and they just ignore, ignore, ignore? That's how it was in Noah's day. 
You see, when man breaks God's laws, our laws soon become very vile. Our laws soon become what this school teacher or this professor is trying to advocate. When sensuality and tyranny overrun morals and purity, the abnormal soon becomes normal. In Judges 17, the Bible says everyone does what's right in their own eyes. Proverbs 14 says there's a way that seems right unto a man. The ends thereof is death. It's the days of Noah, the Bible says, were ruled by reign of evil. Imagination, heart, everything was continually evil. The Bible talks, as we shared last week, Lot was in the house. Two angels came from Moses to go see, or from Abraham to see Lot. And as they came into the town, Lot told the angels, come stay in my house, because he knew exactly what Sodom was like. And the angel said, no, we're going to sleep in the street. And he said, please, I beg of you, do not do that. And after much convincing, the angels went into Lot's house. Moments later, a pounding came on the door. And the Bible says the men of the city were pounding on the door and said, we want those two men that came to your house. You're a stranger here. You're not even part of us. He's lived there his entire life. But they didn't accept him. Why? He wasn't part of the norm. The Bible says that Lot was a righteous man, would not give in. The townspeople beat on the door. And you can go study it yourself in the original language. The men said, we want those men to come out here so we can have sex with them. Not the women, the men. Can I talk like this in church? Good. Lot said, please, no, no. He offers his daughters. No, we don't want the girls. We want the boys. The Bible says that the angels smote them all with blindness and said, you better get your family out of here. The city is being destroyed. As with Gomorrah, as with the cities of the plain, when we break God's laws, Man's laws soon become vile. I don't know if you've noticed this influx of hero movies. How many saw some of them? They interviewed me to play, you know, Captain Marvel, but I, you know, I just, I didn't have the time. Oh, Captain America, that's what it was. I didn't have the time. It couldn't fit in my schedule, so. Okay, I'll repent for lying later. But still, uh, but they've had some tremendous success. Well, as the LGBT community did, they rose up and said, we had a problem here. These are all real strong things. So this is the DC comic one. DC Comics Green Lantern is relaunched as a gay superhero. Relaunched. Never has been, but now he is. Let's go to the next screen. Now, wait, wait, wait. Don't put it up there. What's the date on this? June 1st. That's pretty close to now, isn't it? Let's go to the next one. The number of gay characters on TV are at the most, are at all-time high. Glee, True Blood have the most. Is there one more screen up there with that? Just that one? Okay, I put the wrong one up. That's okay. It says the same thing. The other one was just bigger words. October 5th, 2012. How, how long ago was that? Just, yeah, okay. Never before have there been so many homosexual characters portrayed on broadcast and cable television, according to the latest report from the GLAAD, GLAD organization. The 17th annual Where, Are, Where We Are Now TV report looked that the full capacity of it up is up 5.2%. Uh, Say, that's not much. It is when you consider how many hundreds of characters that represents on primetime TV. Let's see, it went up from... Uh, it went up from 1.1 percent in 2007, 26 and 8, 3 percent in 2009, 3.9 in 2010, 
2.9 in 2011, all the way up to 4.4. It jumps almost 2% since last year. It's a promotion to give us the understanding this is normal life. What there is, is a complete insensibility to divine influence. The only thing that's taking it on the chin is the Christian stuff. That's the only thing that's being demoralized and being totally destroyed. Why? They're too narrow-minded. They're too this. They're too that. Well, folks, we didn't write it. Well, I don't like that book. Well, you got a problem. As I did at one time, I didn't like this book either. You know why? Because it told me that it's me that's messed up and that I have to repent and that I have to get my heart right with God. That there is only one way to heaven. It tells me all this stuff. Let, let me go on here quick. I got so much to talk about today and I only got, you know... Five, five minutes? How many give me five? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Okay. Sorry. A complete insensibility. Ephesians chapter 4. Look what the scripture says. The Gentiles, the unbelievers, having lost all sensibility, literally it means to be past feeling, to be seared as with a hot iron, They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and a continual lust for more. Since 1973, there's been over 60 million abortions in this country alone. Over a billion, almost a billion and a half worldwide. Between 800,000 and a million teen pregnancies every year in this country. The hour is growing in irreversibly fashioned, purposing to destroy God's foundation, His plan for marriage, the home, the children, ultimately the entire family structure. As it has been talked about the last several years, let me just throw it out there. How many have been watching? Well, I don't want to do that. I want to raise your hand. How many have read about movies called Sister Wives? How many have been reading about the polygamous situations? Look what the news is telling us. Polygamy is just waiting in the wings while the Supreme Court addresses what marriage is really going to be all about. And you can read the article. This is just one uh, that I found on there, but you can go throughout all of them. In the U.S. Supreme Court in 2003, it's already been on the books, folks, for uh, what's that, eight years? A, a Supreme Court decision, Lawrence versus Kennedy, talking about same-sex marriage, has now walked in to constitutionally trying to bring it out that multiple marriage is fine. If you believe that the Constitution requires that a man be allowed to marry another man or a woman be allowed to marry another woman, then why shouldn't it be okay for a man to have four wives? Folks, it's all working through. It is the society, it is the world we live in. So let me go quickly, because I want to get really into some strange ground coming up. How did it go so badly wrong? How did the degradation get so bad? Much of what we see in this country and world seems to point to godlessness. When truth and love do not reign in man's heart, there's only one thing left, and that is evil. All moral and godly living comes from a heart after God. Now let me, let me say something here real quick. I've had pe- people ask me, Pastor, why do you preach such straightforward stuff like this? Because our eternity depends on it. And I want you to look at me just real quickly as we're standing here, or I'm standing here, you're sitting there. You're going to see all of this stuff but you're going to know across that pulpit I was told about it. And when you see it, you're immediately going to be set with a decision, what's right or wrong. There's a brand new book that just came out, came out two days ago. It's called The Cross and the Closet. How many heard about it? 
a young Christian man who had lots of homosexual friends decided to go undercover for a year and play homosexual. It is getting ripped apart by the homosexual community, but it's getting rave reviews from the secular community that the man had the empathy to go see what it was like. Well, the homosexual community says, you can't any way at all be like us unless you're sleeping with us. That was their quote-unquote words. But here's the thing that happened to a young man. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. You can go find us. You can go read it online. It's called The, Claw- the Cross and the Closet. The boy now has renewed empathy and no clause for judgment of God's word on the lifestyle. It's just an alternative. It's an alternative. Folks, we're going to be faced with these questions. We have to understand it's not a chance, it's a choice. Does that mean you discard, you hate, you do? No. It just means you stand up for right. Doesn't put, right. Standing up doesn't put somebody else down. But it asks them to come over. Because the world's going to try to get us. Am I making sense? Yeah. And I have a responsibility to preach this. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to take you on a journey that is quite... Mystical, but very spiritual and adamantly biblical. The Lord saw how the great wickedness of man, every inclination, thoughts only was evil all the time. All the people of the earth were corrupt. According to the writing of Moses and the history of that day, historians Josephus, uh, I can't think of the other guys, but there's lots of historians that were alive in Jesus' time that recorded the times of Moses through the different writings that had been, trans, uh, that had been traversed down. Second Peter gives us an inclination of what's called the antediluvian age, which is the world before the flood. Antediluvian simply is a big word that means before the flood. Talks about the life they were living, talks about the world that had become. The book of Jude says that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of the same sins that happened during the antediluvian age. Why a deprivation, a degradation so debased? Let's look at the scripture and talk about, just for a few moments, a hybrid race that lived on the earth called the Nephilim. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because there's plenty of stuff if you want to go research it. I want to do away with some of the myths because I have, dis- I have studied this uh, quite extensively. The Nephilim are not a, the actual word means the fallen ones. There's two, there's two genders of thought. One was that they come out of the line of Seth, Noah's family, but there is no validity in the scripture that gives it. The other line of thought is that they are angelic beings that fell from earth and started mating, if you will, with humans. And this is the outcome of them, the fallen ones, the offspring of humans and angels. Joshua chapter 13, and there's tons of scripture. I just give you a few of them. Joshua 13 talks about King Og of Bashan, 15 plus feet tall. And it says he is a remnant of the giants. In the 15th chapter, the 8th verse, says they live in the valley of the giants. First Chronicles chapter 20, <coughs> verses 6 through 8 says, The giants of Gath, how many know where Goliath came from? Of the giants of Gath, this particular one had six fingers on one hand, six on the other, six toes on one foot, six on the other. He was a giant, had 24 fingers and toes, and the Bible says that David's brother Jonathan is the one that killed him. You can read from Scripture, and everywhere is talking about the Nephilim, or the giants is talking about either the Nephilim or the Raphim. The Raphim are the ones after the flood of the family of Anakin. And once again, I don't want to get into a lot of this, but the Nephilim were those prior to the flood. But every single one of them are rooted from angelic beings that fell from grace, fell 
from heaven. The Bible says that the great serpent wrapped his, his tail around a third of the stars of heaven. We find it recorded in Revelation and pulled them out. The Bible says a third of the angels fell with Satan, but there was a group of them that said, hey, we like what we see and we're going to do things. The book of Jude says they left their first estate. I encourage you to go home and read your notes, folks, and study. And 6 of Genesis says, When human beings began to increase on the earth and the daughters were born, the sons of God. That word son of God comes from the original Hebrew language called Be Elohim, which means the sons of Almighty, the angels of God. Not the son as in Jesus, but the angels of God which in Seth, it would be a complete different translation. Once again, for time, we're not doing it. They saw the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married. See, they followed the customs. They married anyone they wanted to. The Nephilim were on the earth those days, and also afterward, the days of the flood, and also afterwards. So what do we have here? In your notes, quickly, is the first thing it mentions, the sons of God And the daughters of men, they took wives of whoever they chose. And then a few verses later, it says, and there were giants because of this on the earth. And also after that. You see that emphasis? Also after that. Talking about after the flood destroyed all of them, the giants were still here. Why? Because the fallen angels were still here. Are you with me today? Is this too mystical for you? You okay? Okay. You say, well, Pastor, what does it have to do? I'm going to tie it into today. How are you going to do that? Watch and see. They bear children. And this is where the mighty men, the men of renown came from. Most scholars believe that this is where, um, biblical scholars believe that this is where the, the uh, titans came from. The mythological cre- uh, creations that we know, Zeus and uh, I know all those people. I can't think. What's their names? Who? Yeah, those. Yeah, those folks. When you look at hieroglyphics, when you look at the different pictures on the walls, and they see, you see these giant people next to little people during the times of Egypt and during the times of Moses, that's because there were giant people. There is a, there is a, uh, and I went out to find out all of the validity of it, but there's a, a, uh, look through my notes here, so I say it correctly, Mount, uh, I don't know, about 40 years ago, they found a, a human femur that's 47 inches long. Would have, made, would have made the person about 36 feet tall. Folks, once again, all I want you to do is go look yourself. Human beings of supernatural strength, titans, demigods of mythology, today, and once again, you can go study it through, There is a massive increase in witches, warlocks, mysticism, spiritism, spirit guides, alien encounters, satanic movement. All of this stuff is just permeating the world today, unlike it has since the beginning. Oh, it's always been there, but it's just came out of the closet, if you will. And it's become very forefront. Something that I want to look at that has just exploded, and you can go once again and study it through since January of this year. And I'm going to show a little video clip. It's only about three minutes long. And it's from a prominent news station. And they're just interviewing because they're getting reports from all over the world. And it has exploded this year. So can you put that particular clip on? And let's see. Hopefully, it'll do what it's supposed to do. Can we get it big? There we go. Can we get music? 
Fox Talk tonight. Boy, wrap your head around this. UFO sightings are skyrocketing in 2012. We're barely two weeks in. Eyewitnesses reporting strange things in 36 out of the 50 states. And yeah, Florida's included. We are joined on the phone right now, Peter Davenport from the, uh, he's the director of the UFO Center there in uh, Washington. Peter, let me tell you something, everybody's got a, a cell phone camera these days. I'm imagining if you're having a lot of sightings, you're getting some pretty good pictures. Well, we get some pictures, but the overwhelming majority of them are of low quality, as you say, from those cell phones. What we encourage people to do if they see what they think may be a UFO is try to get a good camera, stabilize the camera no matter what they're using, and try to get a good still photo of it. Peter, why do you think you're getting so many this early in the year? Is it because it's 2012 and you got everybody going, oh, it's the Mayan calendar? Uh, I'm not one of those who believes that there's anything special about 2012, Bob, but uh -huh. I just, just before this program I reviewed our database. We took 110 reports on New Year's Eve, 13 of them are from Florida, and uh, something is going on. I mm -hmm. think it's picked up dramatically, the number of reports we're receiving, okay. but what it means, I have no idea. What's the best picture? So what's happening? Now, before you get wigged out, you say, Pastor, you believe in UFOs? No. I believe in demonic activity. Once again, you go drill into the study of this whole philosophy, as you find out, the reason they can't get good pictures is because most believe they're demonic apparitions. They're real, just like the Nephilim were real, just like the Raphaim were real. Oh, I'm getting looks from you guys saying, whoa, this guy's out there. Don't take my word for it, folks. Go look at it. The Bible says in the last times, you will see signs in the sun, the stars, and the moon. Daniel chapter 2 says a very interesting thing. Alien, quote-unquote, sightings have exploded just this year. They've always been there, but they have exploded just this year. Thousands of them worldwide Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, in the King James Version, you go back in the original language, it says this, but I brought it out of the King James simply because that's where it came uh, out of. You look in the Amplified Bible, it says the very similar way. It says there's, uh, uh, they mingle themselves with the seed of men in the last days. What does that mean? What does that mean? Will the Antichrist be a part human, part alien? Don't know. Not trying to propagate something. I'm asking simple questions because of all the things that we see happening in this world. It says, let me read the whole thing of Daniel 2. As you saw the iron mixed with miry and earth and clay, so they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, literally coming from the, the term mingling to be married, married in, that they will not hold together the two elements, the two ideologies, uh, the two will not come in har harmony. Right now, there is a striving to clone humans and animals. How many think that's wiggy? Watch the clip. Oh, it's good intentions. It's good intentions. When you read through the scripture, you read about very interesting animals. You see in the hieroglyphs, you see very interested pictures of animals that are human and animal together. Once again, you go back and study, most scholars will sit back and say, those were demonic and human coming together. To bring those things. Are we getting it? Is it working? They have to download this thing. Just give me a few more minutes, well, folks. Sent for approval by the official regulator in Britain. These hybrid embryos are seen by the country's leading scientists as a vital step in the search for cures for diseases such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. It's a highly controversial procedure and Did is banned okay? in some European countries. Our medical correspondent, Fergus Walsh, has the story. 
This embryo is part mouse, part cow. In a few months, this new lab is hoping to create a human hybrid. If that leaves you uneasy, the scientists hear that? here understand how you feel. They do seem a little Okay, that's good. That's long enough. The, the whole article goes on to talk about this. And they're talking about all kinds of different human-animal relations. They have a brand new law on the books. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about it. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so perverted, but the government just passed it in the law as part of the, as part, part of the, uh, the, um, the new health service. It's part of the law of the health service. Just, it just blows my mind. Let me conclude this morning as best I can. I can't give you lots of pictures of, of demons. I can't give you lots of pictures of Nephilim. I can't give you lots of pictures of Rephim. I can't give you lots of pictures of stuff like that. Because the reality, they're all conjecture at best. I can't build any of those things. All I can say, look at the scriptures, go study the facts. In these last days, we're going to see amazing things. And let me just take it into the natural for a second. Why do you think there has been such a huge increase in the television shows, in the movies? All of these different things bringing the supernatural into the natural. Why do you think that when it actually starts transpiring, we're going to sit back and say, cool. Second Timothy, in your notes, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, of money, boastful, proud, without natural affection, Signs are everywhere. Number three in your notes, God's pending judgment. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, The Spirit speaks expressly in the latter times. Some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. There are actually doctrines in the church that I believe are of that persuasion. Unconditional reconciliation, the fact that in the end everybody's going to be saved, everything's going to be okay, which is totally contrary to God's word. Second Timothy chapter 4, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they will suit to themselves and their desires, and they will gather around them a great number of teachers who will say exactly what they want to hear, and they will turn aside from the truth to myths. First Corinthians chapter 6 do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the earth. None of them. God has never brought judgment without giving plenty of warning. But you push things far enough, biblically speaking, and something will give. In Acts chapter 17, the Bible says the time of God winking at man's ignorance is over. In Genesis chapter 6 in our text, it says that God will not put up with man forever. He will bring to close as he did from the very beginning. Scripture declares the Lord was grieved in the days of Lot the days of Noah, that he would not put up with man's ignorance and ignoring him forever. The limit was put on the wickedness of man and judgment came. God has always put obstacles in the path of mankind to point him and give him opportunity to come back to himself. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible says, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. The coming of the lawless one, talking about the Antichrist, will be in accordance with the work of Satan. Listen, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and every sort of evil. 
They perish. These that are here, they, uh, that are left, that will not trust, will not turn to God, will perish because they refuse the truth to whereby they would be saved. For this reason, God said he will send a powerful delusion that they would believe the lie that they chose. God himself says to repent. God himself says to turn from the wickedness of the world and come into the truth of his glory. Not only will the restraining work of the church and the Holy Spirit will be removed, but God will send a delusion so great that the world will believe the lies of the Antichrist and judgment will come. 2,000 years. And he sent them from the garden. 2,000 years from the flood to give people the, right, the ability to do right. Jesus died at Calvary. And it's been just about 2,000 years. Still... Through it all, we can be encouraged. Just like in the days of Noah, God does not give up on his people. Does not give up on those that struggle and trust and patiently endure the hardship and mockery of the world. And we too, like Noah, when that sky and that ground is opened up, we can be lifted up into our salvation on that day. When the eastern sky rolls back, and the ground holding the graves breaks open and the saints of Christ will rise first and then you and I will rise to be with him ever in the air. Not a pretty picture, is it? I pray today didn't discourage as much as I hoped it would encourage because the one thing that I want as your pastor is to help us understand. Folks, there's stuff coming down. There's stuff happening. The stuff that I read today, all you got to do is open the newspaper and you can see it. Are we ready? Are we ready? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.